Atlanta pastor and international Bible teacher, Dr. Michael Youssef. When you begin to develop willing obedience, you will not waste a second in your life doubting His guidance. You would not waste a second in your life wondering, have I missed out on God's best for me? Have I missed out God's will? You will not waste a second in your life worrying. What's the next step? Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. He is the author of more than 50 books, including his most recent, How to Read the Bible. As Dr. Michael Youssef opens the pages of God's Word today, he offers practical words of truth, helping you live a life of peace, knowing that you're following God's will. Please do keep in mind that Leading the Way is listener-supported. So if you've been impacted by Dr. Youssef's biblical teaching, or maybe you've seen the incredible value of this ministry as it touches lives across six continents and in 28 of the world's most spoken and understood languages, consider partnering with Dr. Youssef through a one-time gift or by becoming a frontline mission partner. You can learn more at ltw.org. Now, though, join me in listening to a life-changing message from Dr. Youssef's series, Discipleship 101. The most asked question by believing disciples of Jesus, the most asked question is, how do I know the will of God for my life? And that question actually grows in intensity in times of transition. Individual believing disciples of Jesus when they're going through uncertain times or transitory times in their personal life or corporate life, this question grows in its intensity. For example, if a single person wants to know what the will of God for him or her, whether to marry or not, or if they should marry, who they marry, and um, when to get married, others who are in the middle of a career change, and they feel a sense of uncertainty, they're experiencing the challenge in their own current situation, don't know what the next step may be. They wonder, well, is it time to move or to stay? And if they're going to move, is it going to be out of town or in town? And the list goes on. Also, this applies to students. Some of you who are considering college, Lord, what college would you have me go to? And many others who may be considering full-time ministry. Is that what you're calling me to do? They want to know the when and the how and the where. Now, I can testify to you today that I have been through all of that in my life. So whatever I'm going to share with you today is not theoretical. Trust me. It's not only that I'm going to share with you my successes, but I'm going to share with you my failures. Because I learn from failures sometimes a lot more than I learn from successes. There are some who literally go through life feeling they are in turmoil, lest they have missed out on God's best for them. They missed out on God's will for their life. I pray to God that by the end of this message, the Holy Spirit will give you absolute peace as you trust that our God, our God, is the God who overrules, and that 
when even you make a move and you think in your mind you made a mistake, I pray to God that you understand that the sovereign God can even take those mistakes and in His economy, He'll bring you to His perfect will. But only one requirement. Now notice that it's going to be focusing on all day today. Only one requirement, just one. God will do the rest. Only one thing is needed. All you need to offer God is willingness to obey. That is the secret. That's the one thing I told you you need to do. Willing obedience. Let's say that together. Willing obedience. I'm going to come back to that again and again because that is vitally important. Because all he wants is willing obedience. He will do the rest. He will do the rest. Now, let me get very practical. <laughs> you know, I always get to where the rubber meets the road about the guiding hand of God. Let's say there's a person who has willing obedience and has said, God, I am willing to obey whatever you do in my life and genuinely mean it. They truly want God to guide them and lead them in a certain situation they're in. They are genuinely wanting to obey the will of God in their life regarding a move or a situation or whatever it is. Then God opens a wide door, wide door, and they are genuinely, sincerely believe that God opened that door, so they walk through that door. Whether that door that they walked through, they're in there long time, short time, doesn't matter. But they walk through that door. Are you with me so far? But then, once they walk through that door, believing that it is the mind of God and the will of God, lo and behold, a second door opened for them. Far greater, amazing possibilities. It is so great. They have so much peace about it. And they want to walk through that second door. What normally happens, listen to me, and I'm going to show you from my life, what normally happens, because I know human nature, <laughs> at this point, they're thinking, right at this point, they're thinking, oh, I shouldn't have gone through that first door. I should have waited for God. I should have persevered. I should not have been so rash to go through that first door. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry that I went through that first door. I should have waited until you opened that second door. This is so fantastic. This is really great. I should have been more patient, God. I should have waited for the second door. Why did I do this? Why did I go through the first door? Lord, forgive me. I made a mistake. Right? Wrong. 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 Listen carefully. You did not make a mistake. If you genuinely believed that God was guiding you through that first door, and you moved through that first door, why do you say I'm saying this? Michael, why are you saying this? Because often our sovereign God knew that you would not have come to that second door had you not gone through the first door. Are you with me? For reasons only known to the sovereign Lord, He knew that you could not have come to door number two without going through door number one. Even though the second door is so far superior. Again, let me illustrate from my own life. Now that there are many years have passed through that experience. Prior to the Six-Day War, I was absolutely certain that it is the will of God for me 
that God is calling me to come to the United States of America. After all, I was desperate to escape from a socialist dictatorship. I have to chuckle at some of the young people who said, oh, socialism, it's great. They're mostly kids with trust funds. <laughs> they don't know what socialism is if it's offered them for breakfast. I was suffering under socialist dictatorship, and I want to come to the land that Reagan calls the last best hope for mankind. But halfway through this process, halfway through the process, the Six-Day War broke, and the American embassy closed. I'm halfway there. And I was confused. I was truly confused, as any 18-year-old can be confused. I was confused. A friend of the family who was aware of what's going on inside of me, and I still remember to this day, Jacques, he called me. He said, you know what? I want you to come with me. I'm going to pick you up, and you and I are going to have tea with the Australian ambassador. I said, who? He said, it's a heady stuff for an 18-year-old, right? Don't you agree? <laughs> have tea with the Australian ambassador. He said, I really think you need to think of settling in Australia. But I know what God said. He said, look, just do this for me. So immediately I thought, I'm going to miss out on God's best for me. I'm going to miss out on God's will for my life. I should have waited. I should have knocked on the door a little harder. If I waited a little longer... And the Lord reminded me at that moment that only a few months earlier, I said to the Lord, I'll go anywhere, I do anything. <laughs> See, I know how it works. See, that was the moment when I stopped running away from the Lord. I said, I surrender. I <laughs> get the geography book, look at the map, where is Australia? <laughs> Before I have tea with the ambassador. <laughs> Reluctantly, I went with a family friend and met a very nice gentleman as the Australian ambassador. Beloved, God knew that I could not go through door number two until I had walked through door number one. It wasn't a mistake. Let me tell you, this is the most blessed detour I've ever been on. The blessing is incalculable. It was a priceless blessing. Even though I did not see it that way at the time, I did not see it that way. Not only that, but I went to one of the greatest institution, Bible seminary in the world. I'm telling you this. I love so many American seminaries, but I can tell you right now, after all these years, I believe that I went to the most solid biblical training I could have ever had anywhere in the world. I didn't see it that time. But that's not all. That's fantastic. That's great. But that was not all. The third week, the third week that I landed in Sydney, I met a beautiful red-headed young woman. God knew She's the perfect one for me. I get to the bottom line. What was God doing to this disciple? I'm sure you've asked the same question. What was God doing to you? To you as a disciple of Jesus. You who wanted to genuinely do the will of God in your life. What is the Lord doing? And I can tell you, He continues to do. Listen carefully, please. He was beginning to teach me to fully trust Him and to trust his guidance. He was teaching me 
to totally trust in his guiding hand, even if I didn't understand it, even if it did not make sense at the time. He was teaching me to inwardly be willing to obey him in the times when I don't understand his ways. Now, beloved friends, I believe the Lord wants that of every one of his disciples, to fully trust him, even when they don't understand what's going on, even when they can't see the full picture. And listen to me, I'm always up front with you, okay? You cannot learn this from a book, and I've written lots of books, but you cannot learn that from books. I have preached nearly 1,400 sermons. You cannot learn that from a sermon. You cannot learn this from a conference or a seminar. You cannot learn this from asking people, what's God's will for my life? Can you help me discern the will of God for my life? No, 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 no. You can only learn this from practicing willing what? You can only learn this by experiencing and understanding and comprehending God's character, God's sovereignty, God's holiness, and God's pattern of guidance. Say, Michael, well, how can I start with this? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) I want to tell you. By remembering, first of all, where you are right now, where you are right now, where God has placed you, is His will for you. A book by Charles Spurgeon, Lectures to My Students. And he said, God brought you into the family that He brought you in, good or bad, for His purpose. That God placed people in your life, good or bad, for His purpose. That God opened doors for you in the past, whether it be long or short, whether good or not, it doesn't matter. It is for His purpose. He's building you. He has given you your DNA that He has given you for a purpose. God brought you through the flood and the waters that you wish you didn't have to go through for a purpose. God allowed things in your life that you don't understand and you wouldn't have chosen for yourself for purpose. Can I get an amen? And unless you're sinning, and that's a whole different topic, and I'm not getting into that. Unless you're living in disobedience, unless you're living in continuous sin, and I have only one word for you, and that's repent. Repent. But I'm talking about just the general good, loving disciple of Jesus who's really seeking the mind of God. That's who I'm talking to. You are now placed where you are, whether you want to be there or not, for a purpose. And until his guiding hand opens another door and moves you through that door, stay where you are. Psalm 25, verse 9. He guides the humble in what is right, teaches them his way. Now, let me give you a Yusuf paraphrase, okay? He guides the obedient, that's interchangeably, to the right way and teaches them his perfect will. Now, I could give you countless verses, but what I've been doing in this series, I'm trying to focus, get you just focused. So I'm giving you one verse at a time. I'm focusing on this particular verse. 
the one before it, and the one after, but drink deeply in verse 9 of Psalm 25. God's guidance in a disciple's life is built on what? When you begin to develop willing obedience, you will not waste a second in your life doubting His guidance. You would not waste a second in your life wondering, have I missed out on God's best for me? Have I missed out God's will? You will not waste a second in your life worrying. What's the next step? Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 17. I'm going to come to the context in a minute. He said, if anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or I spoke of my own. A use of translation. If anyone is willing to obey God's will, he or she will have discernment. Question, what do we need to do to discern the mind of God and the will of God and the guidance of God in our lives? What is it? I've learned a few things along the way, not only my own life, but the many lives that I've pastored and ministered to on three continents, and the people that I have been privileged to minister to. few things. Secretly, most people, they say, I want to do the will of God. But in reality, they want God to do their will. (laughs) They want God to bless their plans, that God would come around to their thinking that God affirms their desires. Listen, I talk to enough people to really, who really, really, really would tell me, I want to do the will of God. I want to do the will of God. So I ask them a question. What's the problem? Oh, I want out of my current situation. One guy actually said, I want out of my marriage. It's miserable. I want out of my current job. I'm unhappy. God never promised you happiness, by the way. He promised you holiness. I want out of my current circumstances. I want to marry this particular person. I want to have this particular business deal because I know what it's going to do and I can give tithes to God. When I talk with them, you just told me that you want to know God's will for your life. Right? Right. Yes. Then how on earth... Can you not discern that you are, right now, where you are, is God's will for you for now? No, 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 Michael, you don't understand, you don't understand. I'm miserable in the current situation. So you want God to agree with you. Oh, they don't like that one. A while back, I read a story about a, a, uh, an architect who designed homes for living and and he said his clients will come to him, and they ask him to design their dream home. They tell him exactly what they want. And so he designs it exactly at their specification. And he said, some of my, now he said, not everybody, but some of my clients come in and say, we totally want to change their design. He said, what they want me to do is sanction their plan and their design. Ah, but that's what we often try to do with God. Here's my will. Oh, I don't like this one. I don't like this one. I don't like this one. You ask for wisdom and guidance, but you want them to agree with you. (laughs) Surely you know that if you read my book, Trust and Obey, the story of my life, I am not a stranger to experiencing miserable situations I wanted out of. But as I look back, 
with the gift of hindsight, I discover that the reason God permitted me to be in these circumstances, to be in these situations, sometimes longer than I wanted, is because He wanted to teach me some important things that I could never have learned any other way, because He wants to train me to trust Him and to obey Him, because He wants to mold me, because He wants to test me. Beloved, listen to me. God does not obey us. We obey Him. Our sovereign God is in control of us. We are not in control of Him. Our sovereign God moves things in our lives for our good as He sees it. And it's always, when you look back, I cannot think of a thing that I did not want to do that was the will of God for me. And I look back and I said, thank you for not letting me have my way. We saw in the Scripture, the last message, that the will of God is your what? Sanctification. That's God's will for you. And when you come in the process of sanctification, you're going to easily discover and discern the will of God for the next steps. In fact, Romans 12.2 tells us that. In Romans 12.2, the apostle is saying that sanctification will enable you to test and approve the will of God for you. Only through sanctification will you be able to discern God's will. And Paul said it is pleasing. It is perfect will. Anything that hinders your sanctification, growing more like Christ, anything that hinders you being wholly different, like God is wholly different, is not of God. Here's some questions that you can ask yourself when you're facing one of those situations. Let me just share them with you very quickly. Is this the best way for me to serve the Lord? Is it consistent with the Word of God? Will it enable me to imitate Jesus? Do I have confirmation of godly leaders, godly Christian leaders? Do I have inner peace for this matter? And finally, Has God opened the door wide? All of this will not make you worried. If you think you made a mistake, you're making a mistake, you're afraid to make a mistake. Because as I said, God can take those mistakes. Once you have been willing, obedient, He will take those. And you know what He will do? He will turn them into stepping stones into His perfect will. What is the secret of knowing and discerning the will of God in your life? a challenge to live a life of willing obedience, knowing that through it, you will experience the peace of living in and following God's perfect will. Thank you for joining listeners across the world for Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. You can learn more about Dr. Michael Youssef and Leading the Way when you give us a call, 866-626-4356. Speak with a ministry representative or go online to ltw.org. Now, Leading the Way is more than an audio message on the radio or content on a podcast. Leading the Way is a growing global ministry impacting lives across six continents in 28 of the most spoken and understood languages in the world. 
one outreach that's grown, especially in recent years, is leading the way navigators. These are little solar-powered MP3 players loaded with life-changing messages, navigating people toward the gospel, and then encouraging daily spirit-filled living as a follower of Christ. Leading the Way teams continue to distribute these navigators worldwide, many in prisons where inmates have shared, although their freedoms on earth are lost, they're finding freedom in Christ. So know that when you support Leading the Way, you help fund projects like Leading the Way Navigators, as well as content in your community and beyond. Learn ways that you can stand with Dr. Youssef. Speak with one of our representatives in the Ministry Call Center. That number 866-626-4356 and online at ltw.org ltw.org This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef.